Welcome to Tech Driven Business brought to you by Innovative Solution Partners. In this episode, I welcome David C. Williams of AT&T. He brings a wealth of knowledge on how to bring large-scale IT projects to fruition. Listen in as he will highlight the importance of collaboration, storytelling, diversity, and how to align an organization to take on projects with 15x and higher returns. Hello, David. How are you? Doing well. How's it going? I'm doing well. Um, welcome to Tech Driven Business. Um, today, I would like to talk about managing change with IT. How does that sound to you? Sounds good. I'm excited about it. Awesome. Awesome. Okay, so let's get into it. So I know that you orchestrated one of the largest transitions of moving all of AT&T's customer service representatives from office to remote. Can you walk us through it? Sure. Um, and first, I'd like to say, you know, it was a group effort. Uh, there were a number of folks working on a lot of different things, folks from training and scheduling and equipment and all sorts of things. But as far as, you know, when the, um, when the coronavirus um, hit the United States and there was an outbreak here, um, the federal government mandated that everyone shelter in place. The FCC, however, regulates telecommunication companies and they stipulate that when working from home, we cannot have access to social security number, date of birth, um, social, um, credit card, things like that, spy data. And so that created a bottleneck where you have millions of people who are trying to get connected to shelter in place, law offices trying to equip their paralegals, hospitals trying to equip their workers and so forth. Um, however, most of our workforce was at home. Right. And so that caused a, a bottleneck. Um, at the time, you know, I was working with a company on a, a really cutting edge technology called Visual IVR. And um, the funding got stopped just as we were about to move forward with that project because of the coronavirus. And so I was listening to some peers, uh, Trish Renz and her team were going through some issues, you know, with the, the call volume and the customers and, and the whole scenario. And so by working with them and partnering with them, understanding their issue, the problem that was going on, I was able to ideate with that company that we were going to build a visual IVR with and come up with a brand new solution so that we could enable our folks from home to be able to send text messages and have an encrypted um, session with our customers so that we could get that information visually instead of audibly sending over the phone. Um, we were working on doing that for about 3,000 folks. We wound up doing it for all the customer service, which is about 40,000 at the time. Um, if you think about the impact of that, 40,000 people take about 800,000 calls a day. And so there was just a massive amount of demand um, to get folks equipped to shelter in place. And so I'm really happy we're able to get that done. Um, work with a company called Fix. It was an amazing um, solution that we put together and it's still in place today and even so, I mean, it's such a secure solution that even when agents work in the center, they still use that solution because it protects customers' data even that much more. Wow. Yeah, that's that sounds amazing. Um, so let me ask you this. What allowed you to make, make this happen so successfully from an IT perspective, right? I mean, we always talk about um, all kind of uh, issues we run into, into, especially from an IT perspective. So 
what what made it so successful from that perspective? Yeah, there were a few things. So, um, you know, I'm working on the business side of the house to solve for this issue. The consumer side of AT&T was struggling with the same problem. And we had a true collaboration and partnership. There's a lady named Sherish Hedden. She and I have been friends forever. And, and we were able to really, really come together and see things the same way. Um, I had a couple angels that helped me out, um, one from network and one from uh, corporate security. Guy named Brad uh, Greenwell, Greenfield and um, a lady named um, Carol Parker. We were able, because I had those angels, I knew I had someone who knew where all the bodies were buried through the network topology to get equipment install, installed and all that. I had another angel who was corporate security that could cut through all the red tape. Yes, there are certain things we need to get done, but we're also in an emergency kind of situation, right? So yep. we're not going to do six weeks to, you know, approve this such and such. It's going to be six minutes. And we're going to get all the right people in front of it to look at it, to do the right assessments. And so working with those two groups, we just cut through a lot. And so I think the, you know, a couple of things when I think back to that scenario that helped us to do that, we, what we accomplished was in about five weeks, normally would have taken six months. Um, those angels were godsend. The, that every day we had a meeting every morning we started a meeting on this topic everyone knew that that's how the day was going to start every one of those meetings i made sure that there were a couple things that happened one i want people to know that what we're talking about is not more important than who we're talking to so there was a ton of respect and and recognition that was shared across that group and also i made sure that folks understood what it is everyone had to bring to offer i think about one gentleman his name's Henry Doe. He's a real, you know, soft-spoken kind of quiet guy, but he's a genius at load balancing. When you're thinking about getting 40,000 people across the world to work through this problem, there's a lot of traffic and volume that has to be balanced in that load. He's the best at it. And so um, before he would speak, I would give a, you know, a, a, a pretty strong introduction to Henry so that when he did speak, people had understood why they should listen, right? And so I would, you know, do those kinds of things. And, and even if it wasn't your turn to speak, you knowing that when it was your time to speak, you were going to get that same level of respect, that same level of admiration, whatever you want to call it. Um, everyone was engaged. Everyone felt the, the higher need, the higher purpose. And there was no infighting. It was let's go conquer this mountain together, period. That to me was the secret sauce and how we got that thing. Wow. That that's amazing. And I think it seems like to me what stands out is the collaboration part, right? And the collaboration seems so uh powerful in this whole process that you you folks went through that it made it happen, you know. Um so that kind of leads me to my next question. What did you really need from the business side? to achieve this? Because that's always a, a challenge, right? And you need to get the business on board. So what, what really happened there? Yeah, so, um, you know, I had a, a, a couple of things. Um, at the time, I, my automation team sat inside of a sales organization. That was intentional. Uh, we were so close to the problem, there was nothing between us and the solution. And so we could build a lot of different things really quick that really fit that organization because we truly understood their pain point. And so from the business side, a couple of things that, that really helped to make that work is one, um, 
being that close to them and understanding, having a constant collaboration with them to know what the real problem is, right? I'm not getting it secondhand, thirdhand. Um, the other thing I would say is um, there was a, uh, a level of trust um, for our team. And so in the very beginning, Trish and I had this conversation, my vice president at the time, we had this conversation uh, and, and I told her the two or three things I needed, you know, the, I need a few angels. I'm going to need an entire group to go do this and I'm going to need a little bit of funding. And she checked all those boxes and then literally just got out of the way and said, call me when you need me. And every, and with that, the team had the freedom to really ideate. Sure. We made mistakes. We bumped our knees, all sorts of things. We're building this for the first time, but we were able to do that in an environment where, um, you know, we could collaborate and not feel the pressure. We, there was already enough pressure to do it, you know, uh, technically and not feel any political pressure on top of us, one agenda versus the other, right? It was team, go get it solved. And when we ran into a roadblock, I went back to Trish, she break through that roadblock, we keep going. And that, that rhythm, so her commitment to helping us get through those roadblocks, making sure people understood how dire the need was, um, her commitment to get those resources up front, funding, angels, a collaborative team, and then the space to go do it. Right. Wow. So it seems like great. a direct connection at, at the same time, getting the buy-in from the top all the way down. So making sure everybody's aligned, you know, on one goal. That's it. So right. so let, me, let I'm gonna I'm gonna deviate from our questions. Like I'm on a personal note, what what do you really consider your biggest accomplishment? Oh I know God. it's a loaded question. So, <laughs> um, on a personal note, um, look, I have a so I have a I have a 23 year old son. Um, he's ex, he and his girlfriend are expecting a child, and and so I'm I'm extremely excited. Congratulations uh, on that. That is a, a huge um, milestone in my life. Um, he's the best, Alex Williams. Um, you know, but I would say in uh, the past couple of years, I may not have had too much of a personal life. I've been <laughs> working so much. And so uh, when I think about that question, I would say professionally, uh, my largest accomplishment to date would be the team that I, I'm, I'm fortunate to lead. Um, we have an automation team and it is extremely diverse. Native American, uh, black men, black women. Uh, Hispanic men and women, Asian, Asian, LG, uh, Asian, Indian, LGBTQ, um, veterans, people living with disabilities. Uh, we have the whole spectrum and uh, they come from different backgrounds. Not everyone has a, a traditional tech or STEM background. Um, some from sales operations, call centers, um, field ops, um, reporting, analytics. You know, some are extremely technical, but having that um, diverse group of superheroes and every day they are encouraged to bring not only their full self to work, but their full superhero self to work. That professionally is my greatest accomplishment because uh, when you put that much collective talent with that many diverse perspectives together, uh, you will build the best solutions, hands down, far enough. That is so amazing. Yeah, that's, that's very, um, I mean, it just speaks for itself. I think get, getting this kind of diverse folks working together to go towards a single goal, you know, and, and that 
stands out with the accomplishment. I mean, thing it shows. So let me let me get into um, an advice part of the of the conversation, sure. right? What would you have as an advice for others who are looking to implement such a large project? What would be some of the the nuggets that you would like to share? Yeah, a um, couple of things. So, you know, if you if you're gonna go build a large, you know, try to uh, implement a very large project, um, one thing you really need to be able to do is crystallize not only the business case but the story, right? It has to be super, super simple for folks to really get pat or not super simple. It has to be very clear for folks to be able to understand what it is you're trying to do and get passionate about it. And so a lot of the projects I work on, um, typically they are, you know, 10, 15 X, 20, 30 X ROI, same year kind of return. Um, that's something to get excited about. And I make sure that in the first sentence or two at the most, um, that is articulated about the project. The second is the story, right? Um, sometimes the things that we're building are so technical that, you know, it will glaze somebody's eyes over if you try to explain it to them. But if you can paint it as a story, so in our bot program, most of the bots that we create have names. There's the cancel come find me bot. There's um, Codex, which is a repository of, 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 our, of our code. Um, there's um, a, a number of, of other ones, but we, we, we give them these funny names or these interesting names so that people can have some kind of uh, affinity and understanding. They can make a connection with it versus calling it the TR3082P car, you know? So uh, we do those kinds of things to, you know, give it a little bit more of a story so people can gravitate to it, understand it. Um, you know, the next thing, the last thing I'd say is um, when you're going after something like that, you know, I would say, um, know that everyone's not going to fully understand what it is you're trying to do and therefore you're probably going to run into some resistance because if they folks don't understand often they fear and when that happens don't feel like you're alone don't feel like you're, it only happens to you um you know try to bring them along if unable to do so um obviously the greater good 30 30x return on investment a better customer experience, you got to take that to your leadership and let them call a jump ball, right? Either we really want to go save this money and improve the experience, or we want to keep doing things the same the way that we've been doing. Your, your choice. Yeah, I think that's interesting. You mentioned about that. Like, you know, you always, any any project will have, you know, naysayers and you always have to make sure that you are ready to deal with that. And it seems like in your case, you are able to, and, you know, your advice makes total sense when you, especially when you're looking at a large project because the large projects have their own lives and it takes a while to to implement as well as get the buy-in from the the users right and it seems like uh what you shared is something that can be replicated easily at the same time make sure that folks are not going in with this notion that everything is going to be okay you know it's, it's never is so. Yeah, you know, when I think about that, I think like um, the only people who are upset about an, a company infighting or company infighting, the only folks happy about that is the competition. Absolutely. 
you know, the longer it takes my firm to deliver this solution, the more of an advantage the next company gets. I don't think that we're always thinking that way, right? We have to be conscious to the fact that the competition is trying to win the game. And, you know, you can put whatever um, color on top of what win looks like, you know, but I imagine um, Amazon and Netflix, you know, they have thoughts on what winning looks like and what that, how that reverberates through the, the competitor's company, right? Um, Absolutely. And so we all want to win. And so I would say, just make sure you keep the the, the greater good at, at, at uh, in focus, right? It's not about um, my application versus your application. Those applications are means to an end. Either of those applications could go away and I don't have, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm looking towards the, the greater goal. And so, you know, um, and it doesn't mean that those are bad people. They just may have a new application to go work on. Right. Yep. Um, we could all talk about how, um, you know, I remember with, when Apple created the iMac computer and they put the computer inside the monitor. The folks who work on computers and computer tower cases for Apple, they had beautiful towers. The folks who work on the monitor, that department, beautiful monitors. They couldn't spend time arguing about how I don't want to put the monitor, the, the, the tower inside the monitor. They had to figure out how to make that thing work. And when they did, they birthed something brand new called the iMac, which I would say arguably was the predecessor for everything else that has a computer inside a monitor, an iPhone, an iPad, an iPod. A, yeah. You know, but way back in iMac times when Steve Jobs was trying to get the tower inside the monitor and it was a beautiful tower, they couldn't have that infighting. They had to think about the, the the greater good. And so I don't know if we're always thinking in those terms, right? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So I, I know we talked about a lot of different things today. Uh, based on everything that we have covered so far, what is one of the key takeaways that you would want our listeners to leave with today? I would say mountains. When hiring for the talent on my team, I didn't think, I, I didn't focus on the technical aspect so much. The thing I was most concerned with was how much grit do you have? to climb these mountains we are going to uh, overcome. I know that the technology may change um, and it will change, but the problems and the solutions, the problems will remain and the solutions we still have to find. And so a lot of times when there is this pushback, this reluctance from other groups, when there's consternation. We've never done this before. You can't do that. All those kinds of things. I need to know I have someone with grit and passion because I can't teach passion. Now I can teach robotics process automation. I can teach C sharp. I can teach a lot of those things. I can't teach passion. And so when, when I'm looking for the talent to create what I would say is the greatest automation team on earth, I'm looking for grit and passion because we have to conquer we have to climb over mountains superheroes don't like small challenges they like big ones 
And when you get a bunch of them together, they want a really big one. And so for that, um, make sure you, you're looking for folks or have folks on your team, you, re you encourage them to bring forth that passion because it's, it's climbing those mountains is what is the ultimate success. That is amazing. Thank you so much, David. That was a, a wonderful conversation. Uh, really appreciate that and look forward to our next session. Thank you. Me too. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Tech Driven Business brought to you by Innovative Solution Partners. David shared some key points on how he has brought high impact IT initiatives to fruition. His key takeaways, crystallize the business case or story of what you're trying to accomplish to get everyone on board and keep the greater good in front of you as you work towards your goals. We would love to hear from you Continue the conversation by connecting with me on LinkedIn or Twitter. Learn more about Innovative Solution Partners and schedule a free consultation by visiting isolutionpartners.com. Never miss a podcast by subscribing to our YouTube channel. Information is in the show notes.